Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. And this is a photograph taken up in the Eagle Cap Wilderness Area in northeastern Oregon near the Wallowa Mountains. It's a really beautiful spot up in that area. I've taken a bunch of photos from there, and I've tried to share a handful of them over the years. This is a photograph from a backpacking trip that we did to Arnoy Lake, uh, about six miles in to the uh, the wilderness area but back at the turn of the century before it was a wilderness area you were still able to own it or you know uh, buy private property in the area and then uh, develop it so i think there was someone that came through and they built a handful of log cabins there maybe a hundred years ago or so and this is a photograph of one of those that's still standing there's a handful of them and they're still maintained to a degree but still very rustic um, but they're they're all out there in this uh, this field, kind of the field that you see in this photograph here next to the lake. But really fun, really interesting spot. Apparently, you can go in and rent these still. Like if you find the people out of Joseph that have this property, you can go up, get a key and a lockbox, go in, spend a night there. How crazy would that be, right? You can see more of my work at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. I saw, what have I been seeing? I saw a helicopter. There's a thunderstorm. That was like when I was last doing a podcast, right? So there was like a, a big time thunderstorm that was rolling through that last camp that I was at when I was podcasting. And then um, rained a bunch after that. That was nice. Stayed nice and dry and pretty warm in the truck and the truck canopy and stuff. Waited out the rain. Then it cleared off just like a couple hours later as that, that thunderstorm system moved past us. And then, yeah, cleared off, got cold, got pretty cold. Uh, I layered up and I walked out into that field now with you know a ton of wet grass and stuff. Uh, walked out there, brought the heater like I was talking about, and uh, posted up out in that meadow uh, to check out the stars and stuff from there. You can see Scorpio, uh, almost all of Scorpio. It's really cool when you got a strong southern view of the sky. And from this area in Oregon, you can't quite see the dip in the, the tail of Scorpio as it kind of scoops down and then comes back up with the stinger at the end. Um, you just barely, or uh, you, you can, uh, you can, you can definitely imagine how it kind of scoops around. But yeah, at, at where it is now, at this time in August, I think it's, uh, it's kind of tipping over and uh, gone, not visible in that spot. But uh, I think I can see, um, what was it, Jupiter? You see, just past Sagittarius as you look into the south. Then near that, just a little bit further over to the east, on that same. Uh, ecliptic line you see Saturn um, and I think they're both near the position where they'd be at opposition they're not as bright as they were a few years ago you notice uh, but they're still really bright really cool to see and then if you stay up late enough maybe around midnight or so uh, you'll see Mars rise over on the eastern horizon and it looks real real coppery red and really noticeable really cool but uh, i think it came up right about the same or i don't know about an hour or so after the moon rose last night so tonight it'll probably rise uh along the same location as mars that's interesting yeah 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 i would uh but it was cool checking out that stuff um and i was checking it out uh the other night after that thunderstorm out in that field so 
uh, it was kind of fun, kind of staying up and, and checking out some stuff. But then I uh, I went to bed, and then I got up the next morning. And this was what was really cool is I I looked out the field. I hadn't really seen any animals out there. I'd heard a few a few birds, you know, like a raven, and a couple other things. I think I heard a turkey gobble. I'm not sure though. But I looked out, looked across the field, and I saw the two of the biggest birds I have ever seen. They are they are the biggest birds I've ever seen. Um, I'm really not sure what it is. It looks like similar to a blue herring. So I figured it's some kind of herring. Maybe it's a crane. Uh, but I would, I would guess if it was standing up, it would be almost four feet tall. It really looked like a small deer or a dog, like in, in mass and size uh, as you, you know, kind of like the feathery body of it. It wasn't puffed up in a big way, but there are two of them and, yeah, it looked like dinosaurs out there in this middle of this field. I've never seen a bird like that. It looked like um, like a, a blue herring that was about twice as I see a buck. It's at my 2 o'clock, walking to my 3 o'clock. 1 point, 2 point, 3 point, 4 point. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a 2 or 3 point buck. he doesn't see me that's cool little buck cruising through i think it's a mule deer out here i saw like a group of mule deer down in the lake bed this morning and when i started rustling around they they all kind of started to run off, or one of them kind of got excited and then ran off they're they probably like two or three hundred yards from me and i uh, pulled up the binoculars and i was scouting them in and yeah they were just booking it across this uh open lake bed and then they got tired and stopped and i don't know started eating grass like almost right away so it's kind of funny how they they kind of move around but yeah this guy's like i don't know like 200 feet walking around camp cool dude thanks for camping with me um what was i saying two giant birds i saw these two giant birds thunderbirds they were awesome they were brown kind of sandy tan colored and they had um, like a beaked face, like a real pointy beaked face, really similar to a blue herring. It looked like it looked like an emu or an ostrich or something out in this field. It was giant, um, but it looked, I'd say, like I've seen a lot of blue herrings. They're way more slender than this. This really had that kind of big, kind of round, full-bodied thing, and then it had that craned neck, that kind of that S-curved craned neck, and it was uh, just kind of on the ground, walking with its buddy, and they were cruising around, poking at the ground, trying to I don't know, get grubs or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, really cool to see them. And then, so I, I was watching them for a bit. I had them in the binoculars. I think I got a, a couple pictures, but like I was explaining in that last podcast smartly, I have a wide angle lens with me, which is 17 to 40 millimeters. So I was way out super wide. Um, so you just, I was, you know, no telephoto in my back. So didn't get the wildlife shot that would have been cool, which is fine. And I accept, but, um, I did get a couple pictures of it that, probably poorly show uh two big things out in the distance and it, i mean it looks like it could be dogs could be deer or it could be birds so <laughs> uh, it was pretty awesome to see but as i walked out a little bit i exposed myself into the sunlight uh they got they got sight of me and then they they both let out these for like maybe 30 seconds to a minute or so they both just kind of stood around and, and made these sort of warning or territorial croaks these like um these like three beat croaks that would just echo across this whole 
this whole valley that, or this whole meadow area that I was in, it, you know, it just carried on for acres. They were probably like an acre or two away from me at that time. And, uh, yeah, they just let out these loud croaks kind of, I don't know, warning that they saw a, a standing dude predator out in the distance. But yeah, then they kind of sauntered. They didn't take flight, but they just kind of sauntered back off up into the hill, uh, up into the tree line. And then I, I took back myself back up into the tree line by my truck, made another cup of coffee that morning. And then I saw him uh, kind of popping out again and poking around that, uh, that meadow again. But it was really cool. Giant birds. I really would say they're like four feet tall. Body mass section, it seemed like about two feet or so. And, you know, like kind of on their leg, maybe 24 inches off the ground. Yeah, it just seemed like a really big bird. If, if I was standing right next to it, I'd be like, whoa, man, this is, this is a real critter. So it was fun. I've never seen a bird like that out there before. I've heard about some of those or some birds like that before. I remember hearing like a, it's like a know, colloquial family story that I think uh, like a great uncle of mine had had, probably similar to this area too, which is interesting. I like that. But uh, he said that he had woken up one morning and looked out and saw these prehistoric looking thunderbirds, he called them. And uh, <laughs> I think I had an experience like it too. I think it was fun. I'm sure it's totally a normal animal that's probably used to being around a lake or something. You know, that's sort of what it seemed like is, is just like a giant pelican or crane or something that you would see out by the ocean but to see out here just walking around sagebrush in a field in a meadow at 7 30 in the morning it's just like whoa wow look at that i thought i'd see a deer out there but nope giant birds You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash Billy Newman Photo. Also interested in, as I've spoken about before on this podcast, is I have an affinity for uh, taking photographs on film. And I want to get back into that in a way, because right now I, I don't really have a, a film camera with me. I still have the, the Nikon N80 floating around, um, though I'm short of lens. Or, you know, that's what I'm saying is like I've kind of made an investment now into this whole range of focal lengths that I have and really quite nice pieces of glass over on the Canon side now. And so I'd like an opportunity to be able to take those photographs on film with that range of glass that I now have available to me. So what I'm looking at trying to do is uh, is trying to pick up one of these older now, but uh, one of these older, but uh, one of the last runs of film cameras that Canon had put out. And so I was looking around and trying to do some research for that. When I had talked to you guys before about it in the podcast, I was mentioning that uh, I had picked up a Nikon F4 a camera that was uh, the full manual camera or, you know, like a, no, I don't know, actually it wasn't full manual. I think it was autofocus and it had, it had like a whole color matrix. It was one of the first cameras to have that color matrix uh, auto system in it where you could, you could kind of like set it up. But, uh, and the, and the N80 has a lot of those same features too. What I'm trying to do to get to the point is I'm looking at the EOS line of film cameras that 
Canon had produced in the 1990s and in the 2000s. And there's a lot of opportunities there where you can really pick up a very nice camera body that, you know, will shoot film and that would kind of accompany the 5D Mark III and, and all the Canon lenses that I have now. So I was looking at the EOS 1N, which I think is the camera that came come out in 1994. It really looks quite a bit like a 5D body shape, where it's uh, it's not like the it was it's not the oversized body, it, but it, it looks you know just kind of like that camera SLR body style, and it has a bunch of the features on the back. I think it has that roller wheel that Canon users have come accustomed to. It probably was one of the first cameras to introduce that big roller wheel to control your f-stop and then the, the other roller on the front to control your aperture. Um, so it's kind of, it's interesting how, how it's laid out, but, uh, but it feels and looks almost the same way. So I'm looking around at those. Those came out in 1994 and then in the year 2000, they had come out with the EOS 1, did I say 1N before? What was it? I think I wrote it down over here. I can't remember what it was. There was the one N and maybe the one H. That doesn't sound right. What would it have been? Let's look here. Oh, the one V. That's I think the one I'm looking for. Yeah, the one V is the the, the film camera that uh, Canon produced in the year 2000 and probably up through like 2006 or 2007 or 2008, there's probably even new versions of that body that are still around. If, uh, you know, there's those hardcore film users out there. So I'm looking around at some of those and, uh, on the used market, I think they're, they're like three, four, maybe 500 bucks if, if it's kind of on the higher end of expense. But, uh, but I'm looking at some of those and, uh, and it seems like it'd be kind of an interesting, uh, purchase to, to pick one of those up. Then I could be shooting, um, you know, film images like I've had an interest in doing uh, with a professional body that kind of matched a lot of the same uh, layout and workflow that uh, that the 5D Mark III that I'm using has. So I'm pretty interested in that. And then, I, you know, I could use all this L glass that I've been making a purchase of, too. So I have had the super wide angle or I don't know, is it super wide? I think it's just a wide angle zoom for that 17 to 40 millimeter F4. I've got the 24 to 70 uh, 2A. I would have the uh, 70 to 200 USM F4. And then I would have a couple prime lenses on top of that. So that's like a pretty full collection of glass that I could use to make a whole bunch of different types of art or, you know, like different, different photographs, different pieces uh, that I'd be interested in trying to produce. Uh, and you know, like a lot of the film stuff I was, I was building, like all the stuff that was on that film book that I put together, that was almost all done with a Nikon 50 millimeter F1.8. And I, maybe like a couple manual focus lenses that I should not have been using, actually kind of knowing better now. <laughs> the optics of those were, were always kind of. Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com. A few new things up there, some stuff on the homepage, some good links to other, other outbound sources, some, some links to books, some links to some podcasts, links to some blog posts. All pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at billynewmanaphoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.